Hello and welcome to Autism Society of Berks County, Inspiration and Impact. I'm your host, Carol Spencer, and today we're going to continue our conversation about autism and sleep, which is very elusive for many people with autism. Uh, Some of the facts we have is while typical kids may have serious sleep problems, it's about a 10 to 16% rate that they have it. But for kids who have autism, that that percentage shoots up to 44 to 86%, which is, you know, that's a lot that we, you know, that we, we have to deal with here. But to to help us continue our story with this, I'm so happy to have Kristen Stockbauer back again. She is the mother of a 13-year-old son with autism. So welcome back. Thank you. Um, in the first part of the po- podcast, Kristen was able to tell us about the struggles that she's had with her, st- her son, um, why it was hard for him to fall asleep, how it really affected everybody during the day. And so this part of the podcast, we'd like to talk about the strategies to try and fix <laughs> these these kinds of things. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that you can try and do, but... Um, Kristen, can you just take, tell us a little bit again, what were some of the sleep problems that he was having? And from there, how did, what did you do to work on it? Because we're talking from four-year-old to almost 13, 14 years old, so 10, 10 years. So what were the issues? And um, Well, just to, to recap, um, his sleep issues started from infancy. I mean, pretty much a few nights after he got home. And it, uh, it, it, got worse as he got older. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some destructive behaviors, as I mentioned mm-hmm. before, things that he would do in the middle of the night when he started getting up. Um, he would upset things in his room. Um, it looked like a like a hurricane came through his room, toys all over mm-hmm. the place. He actually dumped over his nightstand one night. Wow. Um, the, the, I mentioned before the stolen eggs from the, yes. from the refrigerator. Um, and we were concerned that there was going to be just escalating behavior that eventually he was going to um, move past watching TV and eating and taking mm-hmm. things to elopement. Um, he was still th- this the, the the time period that we were talking about was probably about a year and a half from the time when things got really bad to the time when I got some help for him um, all told and that was in that year and a half we had tried a variety of things yeah. to help him what age what age are you talking about um, here he was about four okay. to five five and a half um, it was sometime during kindergarten where you started to seek out some help yes well okay. I was seeking help the whole time <clears throat> okay um, I would say that's at the point when we actually got the help that we needed okay okay <laughs> so we struggled for yeah. a year and a half all right yeah. so you know some of the things there's a lot of we get this question a lot on our mm-hmm. Facebook page like especially recently like my kid is not sleeping and you know there's a lot of um mm-hmm. things that you can try for any child to do um I'm gonna talk about some here but I want to know what kind of things you you tried on your own before you sought that professional help you know I mean they talk about having the dark cool quiet environment you know the electronics we heard that one all the time an hour or two before bed shut that stuff down um the predictable short bedtime routine make it 20 to 30 minutes keeping everything consistent um you had mentioned in our previous podcast about relaxing activities the the lavender uh maybe even a weighted blanket listen to music i think you said lavender was a big one um you know caffeine we know that and i know the one thing that you talked about was he slept 
with, with you guys. Yeah, and, and I actually didn't know this fact that it really is important to teach a child to sleep alone because they're used to having you sleep. And while we all wake up in the middle of the night, if they do it, they need that parent to fall asleep again. Yes. So that was... That one was one I was not aware of. My husband kicked our kid out like from the get-go. <laughs> so, you know, and you know, and you know, if it's something medical, then seeking that help of a professional. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where your story ends up. But what what are some of these things that you just you just tried on your own to um, to alleviate this? Well, we were in I was in constant talk with his neurologist. He did mm-hmm. start having seizures at two. Yeah. And so he was on two different kinds of medication. And um, we were constantly playing with one of the medications. There was one that was that was to stop his like grand mal type seizures, yes. and it did. It, it worked lovely. But the other medications were for these um, myoclonic jerks, and those were the seizure activity you would see most frequently when um, he wasn't sleeping very well. Um, that medication, number one, the seizures were not in control because he mm-hmm. was having these twitches, for lack of a better word. Right. Um, he was having these twitches constantly, and um, we didn't know that the me- if it was the medication, if it was the sleep. So the neurologist and I would try to find different medications that would help promote sleep. So that was one of the first things we did um, just because I was already, we were already right. working on that to begin right. with. Um, we so did try melatonin. That's the, you know, over the, the counter, the go-to. Um, what I discovered with melatonin was it would help him fall asleep. Mm-hmm. He would sleep for a few hours and he would wake up a few hours later. Like if he fell asleep around nine or 10, he would be up at like one. Right. Cause it's not a sleeping aid. Right. It helps you get to sleep, but just as you said, right. don't necessarily stay asleep. Right. So he, um, what I did look into was whether or not it was safe to give him a second dose my mm-hmm. son being you know a larger sure. child it was okay for him to have a second dose um, which would then help him fall asleep again mm-hmm. and then get him maybe closer to morning mm-hmm. but that's not really acceptable yeah. to fall asleep for two or three hours right. wake up for an hour or two and fall asleep yeah. for another you know right because not... your sleep is still getting interrupted and and it's, after you know... i get him to sleep i lay, would lay awake, awake for mm-hmm. a couple hours myself Right. right. Uh, anything else you tried with, um, I know you said the, the lavender, did you do like the predictable routines? Did you try any of that? There was, it was a constant having to lay with him. Um, I would go to his yeah. bed and lay mm-hmm. with him to help him fall asleep. And so that would be the, the norm, right. uh, whether it was at first bedtime or whether it was in the middle of the night. Um, sometimes I would just feel completely defeated and I would let him stay up and watch TV mm-hmm. and I would sleep on the sofa and I would just doze off while mm-hmm. he was watching Nickelodeon or Nick Jr. Survival or something. And yeah, yeah, because I figured I, I was at the point where I really felt um, if I didn't get some help for him, I was going to hurt him. Yeah. And, you know, it, when you get to that point where you feel so frustrated that I literally, like, would be screaming at him, just please, please go lay down, please. And I, to the point where, like, I wanted to just pick him up and throw him through the wall. Mm-hmm. And at, when I got to that point, I called both of his doctors, his pediatrician and his neurologist, begging for help. Um, the, the pediatrician recommended Risperdal which we put him on for a short period, but that has its side effects too. Mm -hmm. And as we found out 
you know, within the last couple of years, there's been some issues with that, with aggression. And, and yes. that same thing with some of the other medications we've tried. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the similar or the, um, the usual reaction to things that you would expect, like Benadryl. Of mm-hmm. course, you know, Benadryl makes everybody sleep. If I take Benadryl, <laughs> not our kids, <laughs> I would wake up in the morning feeling like I had a hangover because uh-huh. I slept so good, but mm-hmm. not him. No, it was, it, he would have the opposite effect. Yeah. Um, I know with like my son getting up in the middle of the night, uh, you know, I've been to that point too. Just go to sleep. You know, I've been there and I know I used to go into his room and just kind of wrap myself around him and uh, basically bore him to sleep. Like you can't move, you can't do anything and you're going to get so bored you're going to fall asleep. And sometimes it worked. Sometimes it did it. Now it's at the point we don't have to worry about him eloping anywhere, right. but he's he's loud and he's bouncing his hat. So oh, yeah. we're awake or he'll try to come into our room, you know, and uh, when you're six feet tall and trying to think you have the body of a four-year-old, it's, uh, y- yeah, your sleep gets really interrupted that way. <laughs> so we, had, we also, when you were talking about the dark room, <laughs> my son would not sleep with a dark room at all, not a light, even a nightlight. It okay. was not oh, enough really? light. So that was another issue where he would want the overhead light on. So we found a a, a smaller light, like just a lamp. Mm -hmm. And instead of bright white light, Mm -hmm. I was getting colored bulbs because it doesn't cast off as much light. And his neurologist recommended an amber bulb. So his his room, even now, well, actually now we have a green light -hmm. light in, but he's older. Um, At the time for years, I was buying amber bulbs and it almost looked like a chicken coop in his room. (laughs) But he said it would be soothing for him, not sure. so bright, and it would be a soothing color for him for sleep. Yeah, that so makes that was sense. just a little odd thing that we did for years. Yeah, hey, whatever works, right? <laughs> yes. So you know, before we wrap up here, let's talk about what did work. What did you implement that really got you to where you are today in a better place with with sleep? Let's go out with that one. Um, well, I was so frustrated and I went where everybody else goes on social media mm-hmm. and I'm constantly, you know, please, is, can anybody come take care of this kid? Somebody mm-hmm. help, you know? And a friend of mine who, um, she had been through her own sleep issues, she recommended a sleep study. And I said, well, that's for people with sleep apnea. That's like for men who snore. What are you talking about? Well, I did a little more research into it and, um, it's not just for people with sleep apnea and for people who snore. There's the whole population of special needs kids all seem to have this in common. Um, so I, I went for a sleep study, um, which was the worst night's sleep ever. I uh-huh. think he slept for an hour and a half. Kept pulling all the leads off because they do like a mini yes. EEG. Um what we d- discovered was exactly what I had stated before. I feel like he can't shut his brain down. She said, absolutely. If you've ever mm-hmm. seen EEG, EEG results mm-hmm. or even like, you know, cardiac results and you see those little blips and lines on the, on the machine, um, when she showed me the results, there's a white line, a white strip, and these blue blips are arousals. That's when your brain is sending a signal for you to wake up. His blue blips were almost a full solid line of blue. Wow. When she explained that to me, I was like, yeah, this just exactly explains what I've been talking about you all the time. So um, I was very, it was good to be validated, but now what? Now what do we do? Mm -hmm. Um, She 
put him on clonidine, which is actually not a sleep medication. It's a blood pressure medication. Well, yes. if your blood pressure drops, then you feel sleepy. He started on clonidine and it was miraculous. He had been sleeping through the night. He would fall asleep. Um, for, for years, I would lay with him just because he was still young. But sure. even within the last couple years, he hasn't even needed that. Um, and just recently, um, because of his other issues with the seizures and stuff like that, we did start with CBD oil. That's like the hot yes. thing right yes. now. <laughs> you see that a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we've been using that for other things. And um, at his last appointment back in the fall, um, I talked to her about CBD and the clonidine, and I felt like it was a little, like, like he was a little too sleepy. And so we ended up taking him off the clonidine. So now that okay. he's 13, almost 14, um, he is only using CBD and he's still sleeping through the night. Wow. We don't have any issues. Oh, that's wonderful. So the clonidine helped us all those years get him through. Yeah. And actually, he's off all his seizure medication, too. That's wonderful. Well, yep. that's great. That's <laughs> yeah. great to hear. So you, yeah. you are in a good, yes. happier place. Yes. You're better rested, which is wonderful. I'm yep. glad glad to hear that. Yeah. And if you think it's, you know, something medical, like please seek out the, yes. the advice of a professional, you know, no, no matter what it is. So, well, Kristen, thank you so much for sharing that story. Thank I'm you. glad that you, you were all in a good place. Um, thank you all for listening and I hope you all get some good rest too. And until next time, this is Autism Society of Berks County, inspiration and impact. For more information, visit us at AutismSocietyOfBerksCounty.org, join our Facebook page, Autism Society of Berks County Members Group, and check us out on Twitter, at Berks Autism.